Well, here's the issue. Excuse me. I, I'm apparently going through puberty. And the home of the Street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers. And I hope you had a wonderful Independence Day. I hope you came through it safe and sound and just a bit more patriotic for the whole thing. It was certainly nice to have a few extra days off. For those of you who did, I count myself among them. And for those of you who didn't, hey, at least you got to see some pretty fireworks. James, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, thanks, and uh, God bless you for getting us through the technical difficulties, so hopefully we sound good tonight and we have a good podcast, so uh, how are you doing otherwise? I'm all right, your lips to God's ears. How was your fourth? Pretty good, thanks. I uh, have all my fingers and toes and heeded your advice and appreciate it and enjoyed it, so thank you very much. There were numerous people on my block and my parents' block who did not listen to the podcast, or at least didn't heed our advice if they did, and that was unfortunate, but... Um we can only do so much. It's true. Uh, unfortunately, you can't fix stupid, as a famous comedian once said. So, <laughs> Indeed. Well, that's, that's all in the past now. <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> so uh, what do you say we look forward to the future on this, this forward-thinking, forward-looking, forward-talking podcast? I don't, I've, I, I, I've completely lost the thread. I don't know where I'm going here. I think our forefathers would want it that way. That I have no idea what I'm talking about? No, that we should look ahead and forge forward. Four score and seven years ago, our forefathers put forth on this nation a couple of morons to jabber on incessantly. <laughs> God bless America. Yeah. Hey, at least we have the freedom to be able to do this. Amen, brother. All right. Anyway. So I'm, I'm not really sure what this podcast has in store, but let's discover it together, shall we? Okay. Shall we just press on and, and begin, since we don't seem to have any coherent idea of how to start this thing? What a couple of great co-hosts we are, eh? You said it, sir. All right, all right. Um, why don't we introduce ourselves as those two co-hosts, so that you at least can know who's spouting this idiocy at you. So for our starting lineup for this particular podcast, in goal, as ever, I am number 35, your American Rhino, Gary McComiskey, and of course, my patient co-host. On defense, number four, I'm James Sajazi. Okay, James, so shall we, shall we come in hot and, and just shoot right at them what we got going this, this time, this, this podcast, this, this go-round? Much like a charging rhino, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, I don't know. I think this, this rhino is about to pass out from heat stroke. Okay, so I'll press on nevertheless. So, James, if you would be so kind as to tell us what is on deck 
for this podcast. I would much appreciate it. My pleasure, sir. Thank you. All hands on deck. Our Deck Hockey League, the LIQ, shares a birthday with America. Thanks to Rob's creation, Mike's Facebook page, and Brad's website, the LIQ has ushered in its fifth season with record numbers of players consistently showing up. Hockey in the news. In an article posted in a mid-June edition of SportsTechie.com, Logan Bradley writes about the top four sports tech storylines from the 2016-17 NHL season. Gary and I weigh in on that. And bandwagon. It's a part of Hit the Deck that lets Gary and I talk about popular topics other than deck hockey. But we end up making it about deck hockey anyway because that's what we do. The American Rhino and his most lovely wife celebrate their wedding anniversary this weekend. And as a part of the festivities, maybe they can catch a movie about a superhero from Queens. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You're welcome, sir. Actually, we are going on on Saturday, but uh, that that's uh, very prescient of you. So um, <laughs> we, uh, but we'll we'll get to that later. First, let's talk a little bit more about ourselves. Of course, what else would we do on a on a podcast? <laughs> right? Huh? Yeah. Why <laughs> else do you tune in to hear other than to hear us talk about ourselves? Oh boy, uh, this whole well, thing I'm- has just been an exercise in vanity. I don't know about you. Yeah, Gary is such a marvelous actor that he just pretends to be as humble as he is. So it, it's not true at all. He's too busy patting himself on the back. That's why he's always has uh, shoulder problems and elbow issues and things. That actually could be it. I hadn't considered <laughs> that, but that, that's a that's a good a reason as any. I seem like it seems like I alternate with my shoulder issues. No, it's because you're deflecting all of the accolades and and deserved praise that you should be showered with, but you're too busy passing it off and blocking it off. So that's the reason why. But anyway, we're kind of talking about ourselves in the LIQ anyway. I think the real reason is that uh, I keep carrying around my six-year-old daughter like uh, like a sack of potatoes. And she's I love her. God bless her. But she's growing up fast. And, you know, daddy's not uh, in the best shape. So <laughs> I think it's it's putting some strain on the joints, having to pick her up constantly and toss her around. Well, pretty soon she'll be able to pick you and i up both so we'll see yeah, how that I goes i don't doubt it <laughs> god bless her future deck hockey uh, goalie or at least player in the making yeah and she has expressed interest in playing in the liq and so you know we might as well mention what that entails yeah uh, and and this is a bit of a controversy as to when the liq was officially born but either way there's no doubt that it's rob's baby and uh, it was all thanks to him that we have the LIQ. And then Mike named it, and, and Brad has gone so far as to come up with the website to get more people to join. And thanks to Gary asking me to uh, be a part of it as well. So, But uh, we can agree that it's at least in its unofficial fifth season as we speak. Yeah, um, it started, I, I, I guess, well, depending on who you believe as to the beginning of the uh, LIQ, because... Mike and Brad seem to think that they started it at a barbecue at their house or, or something. But anyway, the, when, when the, <laughs> the seeds were sown in Queens, let's say that, was, yes, the 4th of July in 2013. So if you go by that, then we are approaching our fifth season. Although the, the first, I would say, official LIQ game was, was played. I mean, this was... That was more of a precursor to the LIQ. The first official LIQ game was, I forget if it was late August or early September, but it was, uh, it was 
a little while later. Okay. But either way, uh, you guys have gone on an excellent stretch of playing consistently for the whole, what, like five weeks in a row or so? Uh, yeah, we, well, I don't know if it's five, at least, uh, at least four, I think. What? No, you know what? We took off, we took off the week for Father's Day. Okay. So we didn't play that weekend. But yeah, the, the last few times we've been able to play, we have had strong numbers, fortunately. We've actually, the last three weeks in a row, we've been able to do full line changes on both sides. So that was nice. And that's fantastic. So speaking of which, ideally, we always play with a minimum of four on four with goalies included, uh, with no subs. And as Gary mentioned, we like to play with five-on-fives with subs, including uh, goalies. I don't know about that. I think we've kind of determined that the surface that we play on three-on-three three plus, well, three-on-three three plus a goalie is ideal because when it's four-on-four, four, it there's bodies everywhere. It gets very clogged, and it, not only does it slow down the pace of play, but, you know, those stupid frustrating deflections are a lot more likely too so i think it, it lowers the scoring and it also makes the scoring that does happen more unpredictable so for me at least in my experience i think we've decided that three on three is that sweet spot okay so that leads to the question as to with the feast or famine that we've had over the course of the liq uh, do you prefer and it sounds like you and I are on the same page on this big surprise. But uh, do you prefer having too many players equaling a lack of space? Because, yeah, we, we play on a handball court, including sidelines, too. There's not much room on the sidelines when you're waiting to go back on the, the deck to play. You can't really see the action and things like that. But uh, do you prefer having too many players show up and then with the substitutions and then keeping it to three forwards slash defensemen versus you know, let's say two forwards and a defenseman versus two forwards and a defenseman or having the uh, maybe three forwards and a defenseman versus three forwards and a defenseman and substitutions like full line changes. Well, here's the thing with uh, I mean, as a goalie, it doesn't directly affect me because I'm out there for the whole game regardless. Right. But um, it it definitely seems to be to the advantage of the players like they they definitely seem to prefer having those substitutions, especially in this weather. I think it's been a godsend for, for those guys to be able to switch out every you know couple of minutes or what have you. As far as me personally, I will say that uh, from an objective standpoint, the level of play and the level of competition has definitely been raised significantly having the, the full sub lines that, that guys can get some rest and be able to play at the top of their game for, you know, hopefully most, if not all, of the games that we play. And I, I have definitely noticed that the speed of the game has increased and the, the caliber of the competition has increased in conjunction with the increased number of players. I mean, I get tired... <laughs> Uh, especially in this heat, I tire down over the course of play, so it becomes more difficult for me. So it would be selfish of me to say, yeah, I, I prefer when we have fewer players because they get tired too and it's a little easier on me. But um, no, I think, I think it is better to have more players. It is definitely a blessing to have more guys and to have that 
increased level of play and level of competition because it just makes for an objectively better game. You know, I mean, yeah, it, it's a little harder on me and on the other goalie, no doubt. But uh, like I said, it's just it's a better game overall. So, you know, who who doesn't want a good game? Of course. And yes, that's very fair to say that it is it is unfair to the goalies because it is because, like you said, you have the line changes and that gives the ability of the players to go all out and knowing that they can go all out because they can just go on the bench and have somebody else take his place for him. So that's definitely great for the mindset and physicality as well. But again, yeah, the goalies are always facing fresh, hard shots throughout the afternoon and there's nobody that can back you guys up either. So God bless you for that. But okay, that's fair. And that's what so the post you, is for James. Right. Do you, do you, um, do you then, cause I've missed out on all the fun, unfortunately, but uh, do you guys keep it to with goalies four on four when you have these substitutions, full line changes? Yeah. Yeah. Three skaters, quote unquote, and a goalie. Okay. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So that makes sense. So that, that's fun. Well, anyway, that, that's awesome to see and really exciting. So this is kind of a new era of the LIQ, and hopefully it's the new standard of the LIQ, too, because we've gone through many a week to this point where we couldn't play because one guy couldn't show up. And that's fine. I mean, obviously, people have, have lives and, and obligations and things like that, so you have to understand. But to uh, Brad and Mike's and Rob's defenses, they invite dozens and dozens of people to show up in the hopes that out of the 50 or so or uh, how many people they invite that you can get a percentage of that and have a full day of games to play so god bless everybody for showing up and the new people that have joined as well so hopefully we could keep it up and and if you're listening out there and if you're interested in joining the liq please either go to the website or our facebook page you can find out through hit the deck as well Come out and join us and play. And to their credit, the new people in many cases have brought people of their own. So that has also helped to swell our ranks. Um, but, you know, James, I, I don't want to harp too much on this because it's just you and me. Well, I mean, it's not just you and me, but in terms of the listener base, you know, this isn't, this isn't a general deck hockey thing. This is just an us thing. But I guess it bears talking about we part of the reason that the LIQ is set up the way it is, it is effectively a pickup league because we haven't been able to get consistent numbers that we would need in order to form a team and play in a, you know, like a rec league or, uh, you know, a conventional deck hockey league. We, we had to kind of form our own because we had those restrictions kind of uh, imposed on us. So now I'm wondering if we're at a point or approaching a point where that might be a viable thing, or, you know, is it better to be that like, it, it's not an exact, uh, it, it's it's not a perfect analogy, but you know, is it better to be that that big fish in a small pond, or or you know, to to go out and and venture out into the wide world and you know, out outside of something that we can control, and you know, outside of of are very comfortable surroundings <laughs> where we are now. I really don't know. Right. I mean, that's from the get-go. We were trying to get teams together or a team together to join a deck hockey league. But yeah, with, with the uh, people living in different parts of the city and tri-state area and things like that, it, we, we've tried it and it's just not viable. But 
for the people that have joined the LIQ specifically, and if you get a chance to speak to them, one of the things that they love about the LIQ is that it is a pickup league, and it's informal in that way. So you, you, there's a high level of play, and God bless everybody who's joined has been a really good player and a good guy. And again, as Gary said, we encourage the females to come out and play as well, because it's not just a, a, a you know a male only league by any stretch of the imagination, but the level of player has been ideal. It's like they say for the NHL, very rarely do you come across a jerk NHL player. And uh, hopefully I don't jinx the LIQ, but there's never been a jerk to play in the LIQ, at least none that I've come across. But one of the selling points of it is just that, that it's a pickup league. You can come out, you can play, have fun. You're guaranteed to play, by the way, and uh, enjoy yourself. I think the fact that it's free is also, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that too. <laughs> that, that, that's also a bit of a plus. <laughs> yeah, right. Can't go wrong. Uh-huh, yeah. So that's food for thought, I think. Any any other thoughts that you have on that particular topic, sir? Well, like you said, we'll throw it out to the listener. Anybody out there who is a part of the LIQ or curious about the LIQ, let us know. Hit us up on, as Gary always says, hit us up on our Facebook page or Twitter or uh, Facebook or Instagram or anything else. Yeah, well, you can find us. We're out there. Hit the deck, D-E-K. Just look up at the top of the, the, the title of this podcast and you'll see it. Um, but anyway, it's exciting to see and hopefully we could keep uh, keep up the numbers yeah, and the I level of play. I hope so. I mean, I, this it's... It's ironic, at least for me, that the fact that this is unquestionably, again, I, I speak only for myself as a goalie, but the the absolute worst time of year for me to play, we've been doing our unquestionably our best numbers. It's just it, it's mind boggling. And I know it's tough for everybody. You know, I'm not I'm not just saying, oh, woe is me. I'm a goalie. I have it tough. You guys are sitting pretty. No, I know it's hard to play in this weather for everybody, but just like even still, the, the fact that we get we've gotten our best numbers in you know the the worst conditions for hockey, it's just I don't know. It's it's crazy. It, it, it's just crazy to me. Hopefully, that means that since the seeds have been sown already, that come the winter time and the cold weather, that we still get a consistent group of guys where we can always do a four on four game including goalies so but yeah man listen everybody out there who has played hockey we all feel for the goalies especially when it's outdoors when you're in the elements if it's like you said if it's 70 degrees that may be so comfortable for the forwards and defensemen to play in that running back and forth especially if they have subs to uh, come in for them but for the goalies you guys just have all that gear on and and you have to wear it it's uh, there's no way around that for a forward or a defenseman you have the option, how brave you are, how tough you are. You don't have to wear the uh, the elbow pads and the full jersey or, or helmet. You don't have to wear the, the long pants and the, the shoulder. Uh, well, you know, if you want to wear shoulder guards, but you don't have to wear uh, shin guards or anything like that. So you could really uh, swap out for soccer shin guards, too, and things of that nature and wear shorts and short sleeve shirts. So you got that going for you. But for those goalies, man, you guys have to wear those helmets. You have to wear the jerseys and the, the gloves and the pads and the, the pants and everything. And and NHL goalies, I think what the statistic was something like they, they lose 10 pounds of in sweat a game or something because they're sweating so much. And that's on ice. 
So God, God love you guys. So you, you're not complaining. You're not whining by any stretch of the imagination. But just imagine that if you're not a goalie out there, it's always a million times worse for you guys because you're standing, especially if the sun's beating down on you, if it's humid, it's unbearable. And as we said in a couple of hit the decks ago, I tried playing goalie once and it was the absolute biggest disaster of all disasters. And if you don't believe me, man, the Titanic, the Hindenburg, the challenger. Yeah, no, no. All those things combined. It was, it was a child's play. All right. So uh, (laughs) forgive me. I'm I'm sorry. But uh, anyway, it's uh, just try it out and and you'll see, and and you'll never, you'll, you'll never take your goalie for granted ever again. Not that anyone should. And I do want to just, I mentioned this, I think on the last podcast, but I want to reiterate again, the, um, like the head, thing that that the cool kind of cool cloth that I wear that I've been wearing on my head which makes me look silly <laughs> uh it's blue it's like a light blue so it makes me look kind of like sub zero when I wear it but um it uh it really it, you know it's a wet just a wet piece of fabric it's the I don't even remember I want to say mission but I think I'm wrong I think it's a different M company <laughs> but um Whatever it is, it's uh, they're they're not hard to find, but um, it's the kind of fabric that you just you wet and it stays wet from your sweat and it keeps me cool and really the difference between how I feel after I've played without it versus after I've played with it. I mean, it it really don't underestimate the importance of keeping your head and neck area cool because that that. That's what regulates the rest of your body temperature. So if you can cool off the top of you, you can, you know, go some way to cooling off the rest of you, and it really helps. It helps a lot. So um, I recommend it. Plus, when you win a game, it sounds so awesome to hear, the American Rhino wins. Flawless victory. (laughs) Yeah. Finish him. (laughs) Yeah. Let me tell you, my victories are rarely flawless. Uh, that, that's up to speculation, but anyway, <laughs> friendship, <laughs> speaking of great technologies and, uh, the benefits of hockey and whatnot, uh, we'll go to hockey in the news and, uh, sportstechie.com is a great website. That's always filled with great articles specifically about the world of hockey and the NHL and, um, an article written by Logan Bradley, which was just released, um, a few weeks ago entitled The Top Four Sports Tech Storylines from the 2016-17 NHL Season. And one of the points that Gary and I have made about being deck hockey players and hockey fans in general is that hockey has embraced technology throughout its entire existence with state-of-the-art equipment. And, I mean, to me, that just blows my mind playing on indoor ice for so long. I mean, the NHL has been around for, as as you know, uh, proper for 100 years and that just that that's fascinating to me the technology going into playing on indoor ice and then as the NHL recently has gone out to the outdoor games and playing in places like LA and Las Vegas is fascinating to me so the equipment reflects that too like the goalie gear gloves helmets skates sticks it's it's amazing so this was a cool thing about this article that I liked is that the NHL has embraced technology outside of the playing surface as well And in this article, Logan Bradley points out four things in particular, Snapchat, eSports, iPads, and virtual reality, embracing the fan 
experience of watching and loving and learning about hockey. So the cool thing with Snapchat is, uh, and again, yeah, I'm, I'm an old fart. I admit it totally out of touch. I don't really understand what the benefit of Snapchat is, but the NHL to its credit is embracing it and, and understands it. And one of the teams that really is benefiting from it are the Minnesota wild. And, uh, there are even these, these glasses as they refer to as spectacles for Snapchat, where they have like little cameras on them and you can do real time pictures and, and put it on the, your cell phone and see yourself looking like a dog and whatever else. <laughs> So people like that, apparently, and, and they enjoy it. And uh, one of the things that um, Phil Irvin, of the uh, strategist of the Minnesota Wild, says that the spectacles themselves, and this is a quote, certainly delivered, providing a cool new point of view that was really simple to execute. So you can't beat that. Where you get fan engagement, it's simple, it's cheap, and they love it. So uh, Snapchat is at the fore of engaging NHL fans with the league. Yeah, James, you're not alone in really not understanding Snapchat. I really, I don't get it either, personally. I, I understand how it works, but I don't really understand why people like it. You know, I, I just, I, I don't get it. I guess it's just that generation gap, you know. I, I know it appeals to millions of people. It's a very popular app. People love it. I, my youth group, we talked to our kids, our teenagers, about like the things that they use, and Snapchat was right up there. And it's just like, why? I don't, I don't understand. But that's something that I, you know, with reaching out to them and promoting things to them, that's something that I struggle with trying to, because I, I manage all of our media and social media and stuff because nobody else knows how to do it or wants to do it. <laughs> um, so I kind of understand it so i guess by default it's my job but i like i struggle you know i just i don't get it but nevertheless uh, again like you said it's very popular i am yeah, a little sorry sorry okay. i don't mean to interrupt i am a little surprised with this snapchat spectacle thing with this taking off because it wasn't that long ago it was only a couple years ago that google brought out the google glass and that was such a spectacular failure because people felt like Oh, you know, are you taking pictures of me? I can't tell. Is it like you're I, I th it made people uncomfortable. So I'm curious as to what makes these Snapchat spectacles different than the Google Glass. So that's that might be something to keep an eye on. Excellent question and perfect analogy. I couldn't agree with you more. But uh, that's God bless you for having a, a, a young daughter who will teach us the ways of modern technology and what's cool. And uh, hopefully we will still be able to learn and, and adapt uh, to the NHL's credit. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe the problem with Google Glass is that it didn't put like Mexican sombrero hats on people and mustaches and, and you know, give people like cat ears and whatever whiskers and whatever other, you know, filters that I don't get the filters. I don't like I don't get it. I know I'm an old man. I know, like, I, I sound like, you know, in my day, we didn't have these silly, like, I, I understand that's how I sound. And I'm not trying to sound that way. I just legitimately don't understand Snapchat. Please, if you are somebody who uses Snapchat and gets into this stuff, let us know wh why, what is the big deal? Why is this so popular? Why is this such a cool thing? Maybe I just... Maybe I'm just not looking at it from the right perspective. So please email us at hitthedeck at gmail.com or, 
or uh, hit us up on Facebook. I would say Instagram, but that seems like a competing product. So that's not like, that's, you know, that's like uh, trying to figure out why people love Pepsi by ordering Coke. That they, that's just, it doesn't, doesn't work. That doesn't work. And obviously we don't, well, maybe we should get a Snapchat. We should probably get a Snapchat for Hit the Deck just because, right? Yeah, right? sure. Let us know if that's a good idea. Should we, should we Snapchat Hit the Deck? Should we uh, get on the snaps and grams? Uh, yeah, go ahead. I'll tell you what, I'll be totally on board for Snapchat and learn how to use it inside and out. If one, I could give myself a full head of hair. And two, <laughs> if uh, somehow you can superimpose Emily DiDonato uh, standing next to me at all times, that would be, uh, I'll, I'll definitely be on board for Snapchat there. But other than that, I, I don't get it. I don't know who that is, but there might be a filter for it. She's a gorgeous supermodel and just um, and and it sounds funny, but she has the most beautiful eyes I've ever seen in my life. Not to mention the body to go with it, but yeah, uh, Emily DiDonato is a gorgeous supermodel. So you'd be okay with her wearing Google Glass or or uh, yes. Snapchat spectacles as long Absolutely. as she was doing it next to you? Exactly right. Yeah, that, that well, that's as close as I'll ever get to her is in in Fantasyland. So uh, Snapchat, give me a full head of hair and like and a, Emily a around uh, with my arm around Emily. I'll be I'll be on board there. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. I'll work on that, which is to Thank say, I, I won't work on that. I'm sorry. Okay. That's not true. I just told a fib there. Yeah, well, she's getting married anyway. So it's uh, not that I had any hope whatsoever, but <laughs> Mazel tov. There you go. And God bless her. I wish her a very happy life. And uh, I'm very jealous of her future husband. Anyhow, what else can we not understand? <laughs> the, um, the second part of this wonderful article about the NHL and uh, technology is Esports, and if you're not familiar with what esports are, it's basically what our teenage selves would have fantasized about when our parents were always yelling at us to get outside and play and, and do something instead of just sitting in front of the TV and playing video games. But the unathletic part of this country of ours has adapted a way to play sports through video games, and there are leagues devoted to this too, like for NHL, the NHL franchise, EA Sports, the, the Madden football franchise. EA Sports, it's in the game. Exactly. Uh, um, MLB The Show and, and, and things like that. Uh, and, of course, the, the soccer games, which are so worldwide popular. NBA has embraced this as well, that uh, the NHL is right on board. And, and as we've always said, Gary and I and, and every other guy, basically guy in his uh, mid-30s to 40s, early 40s, grew up on the EA Sports NHL games. And it's really brought a whole generation of new fans to the NHL because it was such a great game and it was so much fun and the graphics were great and and you learned so much about hockey and the rules and, and how much fun it is and, and all that. Uh, really, they embraced it so much. So now the NHL itself proper is involved with these esports and Gary Bettman is embracing it too, where there's a, a, a quote of his in this article that he says he can envision a lead wide competition where each club runs a competition to see who will be represented in the equivalent of our championship, but for our esport game. So like the NBA has really embraced that where national basketball association fans can play the video games and compete with one another and do like their version of the NBA finals. So the NHL is looking into doing the same thing for a virtual Stanley cup final between players playing the video game, as opposed to the actual NHLers who could do it for real. 
You know, it really is a generational thing, I think, because maybe it's just the fact that the technology wasn't there when the previous generation was growing up for this to be, you know, a a riveting uh, pastime. But just... I know we talk about wrestling sometimes on this podcast, as as uh, you're aware, if you're a longtime listener. And in the wrestling world, they often the wrestlers have a lot of time to kill before their shows because they have to be there early to to get ready and and what have you, and get everything set up. But they wind up with hours to kill, just doing nothing, waiting for the show to start. So. I'm I'm mostly talking about the WWE because they're the, the I guess the biggest uh, you know the, the biggest fish the only fish really at this point in terms of massive companies but um, I'm not really sure how it works on the independent shows but I, I'm I'm going way off uh, from my point so the old timers that what they used to do waiting around for, for these shows is just play cards and dominoes like they you know they sit around the locker room play cards you know bet wager <laughs> poker or whatever <laughs> and uh you know just kill time that way bsing around a table now what the wrestlers do they kill time by playing video games they bring they have like portable video game systems that they bring with them from town to town and they just set it up in the locker room and they play video games and and the older guys just can't understand why this is such so appealing but, you know, to the younger generation, which is equivalent to, you know, in age to the generation of athletes that's coming up in terms of, you know, hockey and baseball and basketball, just, you know, 20s to early 30s, that, that's, that's what they grew up on. You know, that's what they know. That's, that's how they kill time. And so it's not surprising to me at all that these clubs are embracing the esports. I'm sure a lot of these guys, as you said, grew up on these franchises and that they know you know that's what they know hockey as much as they know it from watching on tv they know it from playing these games you know that's people talk about fantasy leagues in terms of you know drafting teams of players and going by their real stats but video games are 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 kind of the epitome of fantasy sports right because when you're playing a video game you are living out a fantasy of being an athlete so that that's probably what brought a lot of these kids to the drive to be a real athlete and to want to do this they want to live out the glory that they had in their living room out in the real world on these rinks so it 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 makes absolute sense that that this would be something that would be embraced by this generation of players and by the teams that, uh, you know, the the teams that basically run the players. And um, yeah, I, I get it. I guess, I guess the, the really, (laughs) the really short version of that long winded screed is that I get it. I'm glad one of us does. So good, good job. Um, So then three on the list is the iPad pro. Now, Gary and I are familiar with the Rangers using iPads for the last few years, and and I know that the Islanders and the Devils have as well. I thought that every arena had this uh, capability, but according to this article, they specifically said that the league installed a new app that has a video coaching system, and it was for all 16 playoff venues had the Apple iPad Pros with this video coaching system 
updated to it. So the iPads are going to be installed into all 31 arenas starting next season. And the amazing thing about it is that the app has game film readily available within one minute of the action happening. So you can go over a play virtually immediately and you don't have to waste time to get to the benches or between periods, the intermission. You can go over it immediately and see what you need to fix. So the the technology there is amazing where, as they say, changing on the fly, which is a hockey term, but you can instantly see what you're doing wrong or see if a player is beating you in a certain area and remedy it. So that's pretty fascinating how quickly they can do that now as opposed to getting beat for a period or even a game if your strategy isn't working or if your player is hurt or whatever the case is. So that's pretty amazing. And that's one of the credits, again, to the NHL for embracing that and changing the game because that's really instant gratification right there. And I think that just makes the competition that much tougher and better because even like for baseball analogies, I remember a couple of years ago where uh, a rookie would come up and the next season the quote-unquote sophomore jinx would kick in. But a lot of rookies were coming up and then during their rookie seasons, pitchers were figuring them out and the opposing teams are figuring them out because as Ron Darling said that they have the ability to do so so quickly because of digital data and uh, different camera angles and things. And you could see the weak spots of a batter and how to beat them. So the same thing for hockey now. That, that's pretty incredible. You know, what I'm going to be interested in seeing is how this affects coaches' challenge, you know, right. like video review. Because as it works now in the NHL, you know, a coach gets like, they get one challenge as long as they have a timeout and then they can challenge, you know, they can ask for a video review. And if their challenge is upheld, they get to keep their timeout. But, um, it, like, I'm wondering, you know, in the past, when a coach had to decide whether or not to challenge a play, they would either rely on, you know, maybe a, a line to somebody they had in another room that could review the tape, the replay, or they would just look up at the video board and see the replay. Now, if they have these iPads right there on the bench to review what just happened, they can probably make a better decision on whether or not they want to challenge the play. But if it takes a minute for the action to catch up with the app, which, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that much. But in terms of a game scenario, you know, a minute's a long time to wait in order to decide whether or not you're going to make that challenge. So I wonder if they will be able to use that as a tool for that, or if it's, it's like, Oh, close, but no cigar. You know, I'm curious about that. Yeah. Great point. And knowing the NHL though, probably they're looking into that now I'd, I'd assume. And maybe that's one of the benefits of the, the app and the iPad. So we'll see. Cause they do have a whole, what they're based in Chelsea or something. Or in Toronto, excuse me, the baseball's based in Chelsea for the replays. But uh, they have a whole squad devoted to looking at the replays and different angles and things like that. So sure, yeah, you can. But that's can once s- the decision has been made to review it. I'm talking right. about the the making the actual decision on whether you right. not want whether or not you want to call for a review. Exactly, and and that's a great idea and great suggestion. And 
they probably have that in mind as well because not only can you see it quickly, but you see it in crystal clear high definition too, mm-hmm. which helps a lot. And uh, I, No, I was just going to say, I, it's funny. We were talking on the last show about how, or I was talking on the last show mainly about how I thought it would be a good idea to have these iPads on the bench with an app to detect the, you know, the kind of an accelerometer, the sensors yeah. in the, the helmet. So it's funny not having known about this technology last week when we talked about it. Um, it it's, it's nice to see that the NHL is being proactive in the way they use this technology. And hopefully they can continue to integrate it in a productive way. Oh, and thanks for bringing that up too, Mr. American Rhino. Thank you to uh, Hockey Tech for tweeting us and uh, helping us uh, promote our podcast by mentioning that we brought up the Hockey Tech app and, 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 and technology in last week's or last edition of Hit the Deck. So we appreciate that and thank you for doing so. Yeah, especially considering how that conversation about the Hockey Tech sensor stuff kind of unfolded. It, it's a credit to them that they're good sports and they decided to, you know, kind of go with it and try and uh, educate us rather than, you know, have some kind of uh, reactionary response where they dismiss it out of hand just because we didn't give them glowing praise. Yeah, exactly. That's true. I, I think that they know what a great product that they have and, and the accolades that they're receiving from and deservedly so from the NHL and all of the hockey world. So exactly. The tap of the stick on the ice to them for having an honest opinion and we've never seen it in person and haven't experienced it or tested it out ourselves. So a big credit to them. And it's Hockey Tech. You could visit them on their website, HockeyTech.com and such. So, yeah, thank you for that. That's really cool. And um, we hope we, uh, we did the product justice in our own hit-the-deck way. But uh, exactly, good point there. We weren't being sponsored by them or we weren't uh, forced to do a glowing review or forced to say anything. So, it was just an honest conversation between a couple of hockey fans, and um, and thanks for uh, the retweet and the uh, promotion for that hockey tech. So yeah, it's worth noting that we're not sponsored by anybody, not no. even EA Sports. It's in the game. <laughs> I feel so getting- I feel congr- contractually obligated to say that every t- every week now. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, I just yeah. Uh, honestly the way I grew up. I guess I just I feel like. You're, you you can't not say it's in the game after EA Sports. It, it's like, now you know, and knowing is half the battle. <laughs> like, it's an incomplete statement if you don't finish it. It, it. Yeah, you're right, man. And especially from our generation when the, the technology got to that point where you put the cartridge in, and yeah, we had physical cartridges, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, and that's what you would hear, EA Sports. It's in the game. Every time you turn the game on, you couldn't fast forward it. You couldn't skip it. So it's ingrained in our brains. Literally every time we went to play those games, we'd have to hear it. And it's just uh, God bless the marketing department for EA Sports. It's like, well done. It's, it's, it's similar to it's like when you booted up your Genesis to play Sonic the Hedgehog. What's the first thing you heard? Exactly. I'm not going to sing it, but exactly. Sega. There you go. <laughs> which I, I i've told you i think this before james but for the benefit of the listener i actually watched a video like um a, in, i forget what it was called it was on youtube they have a bunch of these kind of things but it was basically interesting 
and uh, maybe um, facts that aren't common knowledge about Sonic the Hedgehog. And apparently that Sega at the beginning of the game, um, <laughs> like it took up like an eighth of the cartridge of the, the <laughs> space on the cartridge. They were going to like they were going to include one or two other levels in the oh game, my. but they ran out of time in the, the production cycle. So they still they had some space left over. And so they, they just they, they put that there instead. <laughs> that is fascinating. Yeah. One of the happy accidents of uh, of our generation. Mm -hmm. So uh, to sum up this great article by Logan Bradley of sportstechie.com is the fourth thing of technology that benefited the NHL this year is virtual reality. And uh, one thing that the video games are pretty much there already is virtual reality. So the cool thing with this is they have streams where fans can actually watch live hockey games in 360 degree virtual reality. I guess either you have the, the goggles and, and you could look around and follow the play somehow. I don't know if, if you have to go somewhere or if you can tap into your TV somehow or whatever the case is. Again, I'm a little bit old and out of touch with this stuff, but it's there and people are enjoying it. And another cool thing about the virtual reality is you can view the Stanley Cup in virtual reality. So again, that's something else that that's as close as I'll ever get to is uh, <laughs> Lord Stanley Cup is through virtual reality. So that's that's pretty awesome if you could read the names and and turn the cup around and see all the teams and and uh, the 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 dents and the scratches and mm. the blood blood sweat and tears in that gorgeous gorgeous cup would just be mind-boggling to me. Do we know I I mean it's not listed in the uh, the very helpful outline that you ginned up for us for this podcast james but do we happen to know what platforms this is available for because there are several different popular virtual reality goggle systems on the market now there's like the the vive i think the uh and there's the the samsung i forget what it's called <laughs> and then there's playstation vr uh the oculus rift there's a bunch of different like uh you know any idea if this is like open for everything or if it's only available on certain platforms that I'd have to do some digging into. And maybe Mr. Bradley has those answers, but from what I can tell from this article, they only mention actuality VR. They say that's a partner and then V here, V H E R E, uh, digital media agency startup they refer to. Um, but in terms of specific things, 360 degree virtual reality software they don't mention that so i don't know if that's just something that uh, if samsung or whoever else has the patents for these things or they didn't want to mention it specifically as we said before like you don't talk about pepsi when you're drinking coke but uh, as far as i know I, I i can't answer that question all right that's fair i mean i i'm not i don't have any of these systems so I'm not a great authority on VR systems, so it it could be that there are some like open source. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's with the exception of the PlayStation VR, they're I think they're mostly connected to computers. So it, it's you know it could just be oh like this is a video stream that I'm able to access that has 360 degree views. So that could just be kind of an open source thing. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be talking out of school since I don't know about this stuff, but I thought it was a question worth asking. Yeah, definitely. And it's, 
I want to know too. <laughs> so maybe we could find that out. But uh, right. good question there, and and good article. I enjoyed it, and I thought it was pretty fascinating. And again, the NHL has always not shied away from modern technology, from HD TVs through whatever else. So uh, and the equipment used by the players. So. Kudos to them, and uh, we'll see what the future holds for the National Hockey League. Yeah, and I just as I kind of mentioned last week, I want to see some of this stuff come out for deck hockey, too. Heck yeah, man. That would be amazing. But uh, maybe we'll have to create the technology on our own, James. <laughs> well, you've done so much in just less than a year, so uh, we're counting on you, American Rhino. Oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> and b- just before we move on to our last topic, I want to clarify something I mentioned before. The towel the uh endure cool towel thing head 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 wear thing that i uh i was mentioning is in fact made by mission although i think it's a different mission yeah. from the hockey gear company so you know it's mission but it's not that mission <laughs> fair enough and we have talked about that on uh, hit the deck in the past which uh, basically was last summer for uh, hot uh, weather gear yeah yeah we definitely did so uh, please go check that out again. And, um, and I appreciate that. Thank you, American mm-hmm. Rhino. And for our last topic, for uh, you know, bringing it back to the, the hot weather here in Queens, somebody else who uh, dresses in a, a full body outfit, covered and, and has to be out in the hot sun, taking care of business in, in New York, is uh, the, the one and only Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Yes, sir. I mean, how, how can you go wrong with uh, rooting for a Met fan from Queens, man? Uh, personally, for me, Spider-Man's my all-time favorite superhero, and, and we've talked about Batman many a time on this podcast, and I love Batman, too. But for me, if I had one superhero, the guy I've always rooted for and read all the comics and, and to this day... I love is is Spider-Man and it just so happens that he's a Met fan from Queens and I really just get along with Met fans from Queens including the American Rhino who's one of my probably no is my nearest and dearest friend so uh it it, it it's awesome and looking forward to uh, the new movie coming out over the weekend so James knowing what love you have for Spider-Man that that's really why I wanted to I suggested that you talk about this to our listeners with the movie coming out this weekend, Spider-Man Homecoming, which uh, comes out the day that this podcast drops. Yeah, so right. if you're listening to this, it's in theaters right now, unless you're listening to this a few months from now, in which case I'm sure you can catch it on cable or Netflix or something. I don't know. Right. Uh, whatever. I mean, thanks for, you know, I'm glad. Welcome to the podcast. I'm, I'm glad you're listening. We're, we're glad to have you, but... A few months ago, Spider-Man came out, and it was probably pretty good. So you you probably uh... anyway, James being the authority on Spider-Man, he's he's given me many uh, insights into the history of Spider-Man in the comics and how it relates to these movies. So I thought, uh, what better bandwagon segment? Since that's what everybody's going to be talking about now, or a few months ago, again, depending on when you listen to this podcast. Then you know Spider-Man. So I figured I'd I'd, I'd go to the uh, the man himself, uh, James. What do you think we can expect from this movie? I appreciate that very much. To me, from the clips that I've seen, I think we could expect nothing but the best from Marvel. 
And they've done a great job with the movies over the last couple of years because they finally had the sense enough to buy the characters and produce the movies themselves. And one of the greatest coups of all time is getting Spider-Man from Sony back to Marvel where he belongs. So that was a pretty amazing thing and, and uh, not to, to, to pun intended, I should say, but uh, great business venture and and thank god that companies finally thought of making money as opposed to being stupid and and being spiteful to one another because disney owns the world right now including marvel so uh sony had the rights to like the fantastic four and spider-man and and i think uh, x-men and a couple of other things no in the marvel actually universe. i think fantastic or four fox. and x-men are fox i think yes. sony was just spider-man oh that thank you yes you're right pardon me so getting back to, to the Spider-Man thing, and uh, the, the way that they've tied this all together is fascinating to me. Now, they've taken, I mean, Spider-Man came out in 1962, so he's well over 50 years old, but he doesn't look it. He's still a teenager from Queens and, and battling life and, and being a superhero and, and protecting his loved ones and having day-to-day just fellow problems that we all can relate to, but how the Marvel universe and the movies has tied it all together of decades of comic book history is pretty amazing. Now I don't like toying with the original idea of Spider-Man and I, I think the story is perfect and the way Stan Lee and Steve Ditko came up with the idea and the whole look of Spider-Man and the story and the origins is perfect. Leave it alone. But to tie everything in together with the modern movies, Marvel universe they really have Tony Stark in the middle of everything. So Tony Stark is basically the first Avenger, even though that uh, Captain America is officially the first Avenger, but they have Tony Stark's father. Tony Stark is Iron Man, by the way. I hope I didn't spoil the, uh, the surprise there, but his father. Yes. Come on, James spoilers. Supposedly created Captain America's shield. And that's all with the modern Marvel universe. He now fast forward to Spider-Man he created Spider-Man's suit, and that's, I mean, you're talking about years and years and years of Spider-Man comic book history before that ever happened, and uh, I'm not going to go into the long history of how that evolved, where Tony Stark and Spider-Man teamed up, and Stark created a new Spider-Man suit for Peter Parker, but uh, in, in this new realm, it's Spider-Man's a teenager, he's just learning about his superpowers, and one, probably the greatest scene in Civil War was when Spider-Man came out and and when Tony Stark visited him in Queens. I really literally got excited when I saw that come up, just like as a little kid, because it's Spider-Man and it's awesome. I love him. So they're doing a really good job there. So to to answer your question in a very long-winded, roundabout way, I think this movie is going to be great. I think it's true to the consistency of the modern world of the Marvel Universe in movies. And um, I think everything is leading up to the the uh, gauntlet, the infinity gauntlet and all that stuff uh, smoothly and beautifully. But having Spider-Man, the cornerstone of Marvel, I think, have his own movie and seeing it done right with the greatness and care of the modern Marvel universe and movies, I'm just nothing but totally excited about and I can't wait to see this movie. Now, just to take it back for a second, you mentioned that in the comics, there was a storyline where Tony Stark created a suit for, for Spider-Man, yes. uh, which I, I, based on things that I've heard was the Iron Spider, I think, uh, or something like that. 
So how did that work? How did that whole storyline play out? Okay, in a nutshell, and forgive me if I'm leaving out too many details and things for the real comic book experts out there, my understanding of it is that Peter Parker actually died in battle. And uh, I forgot if he was defending Mary Jane or something, but it, it came to the point where I think he was fighting Doc Ock or something to, to the death, and Peter Parker dies. So because he's a spider and, and he has all the qualities of a spider the beautiful comic book world, he was able to regenerate. When he was reborn, he actually had extra tentacles, much like a spider. And he had enhanced powers because of that. So Tony Stark, I don't remember if he, if he was defending Iron Man at the time or whatever the case was, but Tony Stark brought it upon himself to gift Peter Parker a new spider suit to help him with his enhanced powers and to fix the tentacles and all that stuff. And it was actually in the color scheme of, of Iron Man where it was gold and red. It looked really cool too. It was, it was pretty, pretty awesome. But, uh, so that's how that happened, but that's in relatively recent comic book history. That's like within the last five, 10 years that that's happened. I've got to say, I didn't know that regenerating from the dead was one of the powers of a spider. I've killed a lot of spiders in my time because they're terrifying and I have to say, the idea that they could come back from the dead is is pretty unsettling to me. I hope that's not a real thing. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember if it was like, if as you know, if you kill a spider, a lot of times uh, many little spiders will come out of it because uh -huh. I, I guess that that's how they reproduce and things. So maybe that's how the, the correlation came about. But but anyway, and again, it's comic books, so you got to kind of take stuff with a grain of salt. But uh, but that's how Peter Parker was reborn and, and had the new enhanced suit. And it didn't look like the traditional Spider-Man suit that you see in Homecoming and in Civil War. So that's how they kind of uh, merge the entire history of Spider-Man into one little thing. But at least they got right that he's a Met fan, that he's from Queens, and that he makes his own webbing. That's that's I'm very happy about that. All right. So it seems like that Iron Spider stuff isn't going to really play much into this movie. So they kind of they, they borrowed a little bit from it, but it's not like that's the storyline they're going with. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Right. Got it. All right. Thanks. Good update, James. Thank you. So how are we tying this into deck hockey? OK, well, with that said, uh, another great wonderful upstanding citizen from Queens who is a big Met fan and diehard hockey fan, the American Rhino, yeah. is also an excellent goalie. So you have much in common with Spider-Man or Peter Parker in that uh, you guys are just upstanding citizens and wonderful human beings and a pleasure to know. And you make great goalies. I think Spider-Man would be a fantastic goalie. Well, I, I have to agree with that. I think he, well, first of all, Spider-Man has an unfair advantage in that his spidey sense would tell him when a shot was coming before he would be able to see or hear it. Exactly. So, you know, that like that, that that's just not fair. That that's that's built in reaction time that uh, a conventional goalie isn't going to have. He's got his like web shooters. So if he's out of a play and the puck is going in from to the other side of the net, he could, you know, thwip and just grab it. <laughs> so like, come on, that's that's. He, I mean, if he was cheating, he could just web up the entire net, so it couldn't go in. But that's, uh, I don't know that 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 seems like a bridge too far. But um, yeah, no, I I think he would be a great goalie, and I think he would uh, his his powers would disqualify him from any kind of fair play. 
Yeah, but to his credit, I, I think he would re restrain from using the the web shooters. But you're absolutely right. The spider sense and his superior um, uh, reflexes would just be too much for anybody to score on. Plus the fact that his blocker, catcher, and pad saves, uh, he'd have the ability to stick to the puck. So <laughs> it would true. never that there wouldn't be any rebounds or anything to to get either. So. And, and and as you mentioned too, that uh, he'd always have a net. He's ready to go. He could if if you just if you need a net, he'll just put the webbing up, and there you go. And uh, if you have a problem with your catcher, he could fix it immediately. Yeah, that's true. That's pretty convenient. True. Yeah. As someone who has had problems with his catcher, I appreciate that. Exactly. And there are Spider-Man masks out there for the goalies, which we've seen in person over at. Um, at various uh, deck hockey arenas and and uh, and leagues and stuff. So uh, Peter Parker, Spider Man, when the American Rhino feels like playing forward, he could be our goalie any day of the week. Former Rangers backup goalie Steve Valaket wore a Spider Man mask. Excellent point. Totally forgot about that. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right. Yep. So uh, yeah. All right. Well done, James. Good. <laughs> good job. Wherever there's a man, you find a Spider Man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Last minute remaining in the podcast. Thank you, Pops. And I, as James mentioned earlier, I will be going to see the uh, Spider-Man movie on Saturday with my beloved wife on our anniversary. It is a wonder that she continues to tolerate me after 12 years of marriage and uh, several years of dating before that. I think it's... Uh, uh, I'd, I'd like to think it's a testament to her integrity, but she's probably just been hit in the head. So, uh, you know, either way, I love you, honey. But uh, moving on. Anyway, we have a podcast to close out. So she's not in the room, so she can't roll her eyes at me. And she doesn't listen to this, so she's not going to hear this. <laughs> I win again. Anyway, thank you, Pops, for being the voice of the podcast. Thank you to the LIQ for providing sound effects. Thank you to... Bro, Anthony Sajazi, for music used in the podcast. Thank you especially to you for listening to the podcast, because without you, we would be a nothing. We appreciate the contributions of Logan Bradley on his uh, sports techie article that we've borrowed heavily from for this podcast. So thank you, sir. We would encourage you, if you have not done so, to reach out to us if you feel like continuing this conversation at hit the deck at gmail.com or hit the deck on Facebook or Instagram or, uh, or hit the deck podcast on YouTube and please subscribe to this podcast on YouTube or on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or any number of other places where you can get your podcast fix. Cause we'll be right there, baby. And uh, we'll be right there for you next week. Knock on wood with all the cool hit the deck stuff that you've come to expect. I have no idea what I'm doing. James, 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 what, what? <laughs> Catch me. I've fallen. Uh, well, who's going to pick me up? But uh, anyway, you, 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 you nailed everything, whether you realize it or not. And very, very, very happy anniversary to you and your lovely wife. God bless you both. And um, many, many years of marital bliss and love and peace and joy to you both. Thank you, sir. It is profoundly appreciated. And uh, really, uh, that, that's, that's, that's touching. Thank you. And so as we end another podcast, 
I would just like to remind you that uh, whether you are fighting Doc Ock or the Green Goblin or the Lizard or the Sandman or the Vulture, who I believe well, is the, uh, the villain of this upcoming Spider-Man movie, or Venom, which uh, is a, a whole other mess that Sony's got itself wrapped up in, but that that's, that's for another podcast. Whether you're doing any of that or just out on the rink messing around with a stick and a puck please i would implore you to remember it's deck hockey don't be that guy thanks everybody i i bet i gotta stop liking things maybe that's that's the problem <laughs> yeah really james stop liking things <laughs> yes what do you think you're entitled to happiness or something apparently not yeah anything i apologize for dragging down innocent people with me take I your up. take your hedonism elsewhere sir <laughs> yeah